Welcome back to Freedom 106.5 FM. Uh, 23 minutes on the upswing to the hour of 5 o'clock. As we get set to go inside another episode of Tasty Tuesdays, Chef Sean Spencer, my co-host in the building. Good afternoon, Chef. What's hey, up? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And we are being joined by Rajiv Dipti, President of the Supermarket Association of Trinidad and Tobago. Rajiv, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, gentlemen. A pleasure to be here on the on the overdrive yes welcome to the welcome, biggest welcome, show welcome. on freedom glad to be here guys glad <laughs> yeah to be man here. Glad, to, glad to have you man indeed so and we are, we are also expecting to be joined by um derek chin momentarily uh hopefully he should get in um on the action here with us now our discussion will be centered around as you as i was telling you guys earlier the budget effects on the food industry supermarkets and restaurants restaurants yeah yeah so let me start off with asking you chef your thoughts on the budget that's about to be read come next week monday and the impact that this will have on the food industry well um i think rajiv i don't know if you can share my sentiments when i was younger um growing up and budget coming that used to be a whole month or two months before you're getting excited budget coming budget coming and when that day reach you know all arrows lead to the television and the radio listening to see what is actually going to be working out for you the individual mm -hmm. but as time pass um we don't really look forward because it does you realize that things are actually getting harder and you're not really getting any any um stuff that is tailored to really suit um um the the population so um i don't know because of 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 in generally things are actually skyrocketing or if they're actually tailing it to really help the the nation you know and help people actually um, combat some of the the poverty and some of the stuff that is actually happening you know long ago you look when you think about it when your grandmother and mother and, and, and grandparents budget coming budget coming everybody's tuning this generation now nobody's actually tuning in to really focus and they don't really it's like the same old things keep happening and things are actually getting harder and you like you expect it to get harder you catch what i'm going i catch yeah you. you expect it to, and you're like yeah budget again yeah why what, what, what else is going up <laughs> you know this kind of way mm. so um um i'm, I'm hoping uh, i'm really hoping that uh, you know um, colin could probably try to and i'm calling him by his first name <laughs> <He> could try <laughs> to curve some or the other you know because yeah, anytime you go to the supermarkets things are getting every time i mean i go to, I, I i literally sell on in port of spain market with, uh, with a co co colleague of mine mm. and every time i say boy spence boy things is getting tough i mean potatoes went up to 200 and almost 50 dollars a bag hmm. you know so it's 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 and, and you know the first thing he said boy they, they're squeezing the poor man boy they're squeezing the poor man boy because I, you know and his sentiments came off like they're actually making it hard and i say how could you say that he said yeah they're actually making it hard so the it's more of a political thing and i say why would you say that and i didn't understand what he was saying he said yes Spence, think about it because they do have to be that way you know but mm -hmm. they're actually making it that way so people could complain so tell me if i'm going <laughs> no 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 i i i love the discussion where you're heading with it i mean um, i'm anxious to bring rajiv into the 
um, conversation. I mean, as a third-generation business owner and supermarket operator, he no doubt would have had some sort of effects on budget over the years. So, Mr. Dipti, sir, uh, you want to share your sentiments as, uh, as it relates to budgets, I one. <coughs> and two, uh, would you be willing to provide an email address for the association? One texter is asking, can the supermarket association share their email address? So... Certainly for the general public, our email address is info at satthq.com. You can always reach out to us on Facebook and our website is www.satthq.com. Right. So I, I really agree with the sentiments expressed. You know, when we were much younger, we used to look forward to the budget like a bag of tricks. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's become something of as the... Um, hydrocarbon specter has kind of engulfed us because obviously the rents are down and that's the and and you know we're looking at that and it's it's the energizer of the economic landscape and we've had a lot of issues over the years i mean covid came and really decimated the economy and savings and person's pockets mm. um i did the business outlook with the trinidad and tobago chamber it was about six weeks ago mm -hmm. and we did an examination of the shopping patterns inside the stores you would have two bumper month ends but not bumper month ends like you would have had in years gone by but you would have two very dead weeks inside the stores where you could almost play cricket in the aisles and it's it's a situation that's very um it, it speaks to we've we when we observe trends people are just buying the basics they're trading down brand loyalty something that has gone out the window you've seen it as well in the portfolio of products carried by major distributors and suppliers in that uh, you know when you get to the point of the supermarket it's fast moving consumer goods it's not intended to stay there on the shelves for any prolonged period of time we want the goods to move and there's no doubt that in my conversations with a lot of suppliers and distributors and manufacturers that they are trying their best to keep these specials alive particularly as they come down to periods like Diwali and Christmas time but there are so many inefficiencies within the island, you know, particularly when you consider customs when and the port authority and the frustration that one might may occur when you uh, have to clear containers and incur costs and taxes and charges for demurrage and associated costs. It's something that really is a, is a serious gripe, a serious bane of frustration for a lot of importers because Trinidad and Tobago is a very import dependent nation. 95% of what you see on the grocery shelves comes from abroad, primarily from North America. And it's something that we have not been able to get out of. In every budget submission, we uh, advocate very strongly for incentives for agriculture, agro-processing, um, the existing framework for agriculture, that is where Pradia larceny, infrastructure, drainage, um, banking loans and all of that. But it's a, when you talk to farmers and when you talk to people within that sector, it's a very difficult sector to continue in, particularly where you examine now the socioeconomic impact of crime, because it's something where we inevitably cannot get away from anymore. It's just beginning to affect um, doing business on a whole, apart from the ease of doing business. It's something that when we consider what the measures that we have to put in place uh, to make our operations cost effective, because you have different levels smaller of supermarkets in the country, you have some that have armed security. Uh, they, have, um, they, they, they constantly have to try to stay, uh, put creative measures in place to ensure the safety of their premises, their staff and themselves. 
and it's become a, a very anxiety-inducing environment. So you, we, we have a, a, a consternation of variables here, not to mention that you know the shortage of foreign exchange is something that will impact the distributors in particular, who uh, you know, who have to try to get the foreign exchange either from facilities such as those provided by the government through Exim Bank or other facilities, and it's becoming very difficult. It also creates um, uh, uh, an impact on what we see to the final consumer on the shelves. But is the government to be blamed for something like this? I mean, can we look to them for uh, a solution to this foreign exchange shortage? I mean, there are banks that are telling you, listen, you have to come in very early in the morning and uh, purchase your, your, I mean, your $200 US. But then the doors open and five minutes, 10 minutes it's later, you walk out. through the door and they tell you it's done. So is it that they're keeping this Forex for their friends and their families and special persons and you, the average Joe, can't uh, 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 purchase? And in the, acts, in the, in the, in the, with the minimization of Forex in this country, how is that affecting the supermarket, the smaller supermarketers um, that you're now talking about that cannot afford these um, armed security officers? Because no doubt they will be trading in Forex when they're ordering their goods. They're using a credit card to bring in stuff. You know, how is that impacting them? Well, first of all, you don't just use the foreign exchange to purchase goods. And and uh, I want to point out that supermarkets don't really purchase the goods directly from importer, from from foreign companies. The suppliers and the distributors, of which there are many in this com- in this country, uh, they are the ones that primarily require the injection of foreign exchange to conduct the business of importing the goods and then getting it to the supermarkets. All right. But those same grocers that you pointed out. They would need foreign exchange for other things. There's equipment to be purchased. There's a lot of, um, if I want to buy security equipment, if I want to buy chillers and freezers and certain things. And I believe this was taken into context by the Minister of Finance recently when he looked at the consumption of foreign exchange because stores are upgrading, rightfully so. And a lot of a lot of businesses in different sector require the foreign exchange for different purposes and different needs. That said, I think that what this foreign exchange situation is proving right now is an examination of what we're carrying in the stores. Certainly when you look at certain categories of product, there are way too many brands and varieties in certain categories. I mean, for all the for all the um, you know, complaining that we 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 hear, there is so much choice in the supermarkets. And I, I sometimes wonder personally whether um, the foreign exchange is being spent in a pattern that is equitable to the needs of consumers. Um, uh, we have local manufacturers that are able to do some of these things, particularly when you start to look at goods in different categories like cereals, um, bears, jams, jellies, um, and um, different dairy products. But there's, there's, uh, it's. I, I think it's really prompting an examination of what we're carrying right now and what will have to be prioritized given the impact of the reduced amount of foreign exchange in the system. Uh, That is something that we're going to wait on as well. I mean, when you look at the budget that's coming up, there's also the specter of the minimum wage increase that is mooted and is almost certain to arrive. And I think it's something that the population will bring a sigh of relief. It's overdue. But is it going to have a continued impact on business? And I think that the, the short answer is yes. And I think that some of the bigger companies will be able to absorb it, but some of the smaller ones might need to examine their overheads as well. 
Yeah, because when you're thinking about um, budget, and I, I, I'm thinking about the smaller man, right? So, mm. smaller man, he he goes to the market and he have an average. Long ago, you had to go with about 46 dollars. Now, you had to go with at least 200 dollars. You go to the market and you try your best to shop around to get the deal because we're doing micro. Because um, when it comes down to it, it's the, you, the individual, going to purchase something. Mm. All right? My question is, do... Because uh, he, 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 he spoke just somebody special, which is so, so good because most of the time the supermarket tries to come up with special to get their, their products off or they may have a surplus of products or they may really try to really help the small man really um, um, reach his budget. So the question is, do the supermarkets really, really care about the small man? Because when you look at some of the profits that some of these places at the end of the year, even the banking sector, the supermarket sector, they are, they are one who have um, a couple of words for, for, for letters, uh, you know, start with high and then with low. I ain't going to call the name. <laughs> but when you watch your profits at the end of the day, you're trying to figure out what real, what really going on. Is it that you're saying um, uh, to our good friend here, Mr. Dipti, that the markups are pretty high? I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I would like him to, to read at it because I'm talking yeah, about the individual. So, the, 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 so remember, yeah, I started off by saying the small man, right? Mm. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. I'll, I'll wait into that discussion uh-huh. for the sake of um, the topic that we're on right now. Yeah. So, you know, you have well, again without naming names, you have certain publicly traded companies, and that's that's amazing when you consider what the genesis of what a supermarket is mm-hmm. at its core and how it started as a mom and pops operation and evolved into larger operations um, with wider aisles, bigger car parks, more complex systems and equipments and that kind of thing. Some of these publicly traded entities trade in other sectors and industries that probably propagate um, the idea that the supermarket on its own is um, generating obscene profits. Now, there's probably a case to be made for either one of those situations. However, I can tell you that that is more the outlier than the norm, particularly when you look at some of these smaller operations that tend towards leaner overheads. You still have a lot of mom and pops in this in the industry. Yes. Those are generally one or two or three person operations with a one or two point of sales. And generally, they tend to work on leaner overheads. When you get to bigger um, operations, they have bigger overheads as well, which is why sometimes the markup in any store is reflected by the overheads of that particular operation because but, the operator let, 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 let me push it a little different um because i remember i started off when i um, when i started off i think it was 15 years i worked at Pasadi food king and at the time right. Pasadi food king they used to in that area at new grant um they used to offer five pound of potatoes and you get five pound free and they actually tailored for the community and they actually started doing deliveries, home deliveries and stuff like that. Um, two, three years ago, I was working for one of the project manager for one of the bigger supermarkets and we, they had a production facility and where they were catering for a lot of um, specials and stuff. And they're up to, I think it's 25 or 27 stores now. And the supermarkets are kind of wondering if they really tailored to the community like what they used to before and actually get the needs of the people versus thinking of a more holistic trying to just make profits and forget the needs of the people as i started off saying when pussad started off they were really seeing about the needs of the people now it's more of a commercial and a more um, um profit driven 
the whole industry to me seems as more profit dri driven and not really for the needs of the people. So I would say that a lot of the successful chain stores, particularly the community chain chain stores, because Pasadi Funking is a staple name in certain areas. When you mm -hmm. go to New Grand, Point Fortin, yeah. Rio Claro, those areas, um, and they, they tend to have been successful because they worked well with the community. You pointed out that they ran these specials, that the, they were cognizant of what the community wanted. What and um, in terms of the volumes of consumption, they provided adequately. And there's a certain there's a certain rubric to how that is done when they when the consideration of how those specials are put out by the stores uh every business i think i think you need to see it every business is in business at the bottom at the end of the day you know you're not just going to aim to break even you're in business to, to make, make a profit, profit. Mm -hmm. that said i think it's respectable to the communities that we operate in that we do so with a sense of social responsibility i think you've seen a lot of these successful supermarket chains do that and that's how they've been able to expand their businesses because the community only responds to what they put out at the end of the day be it from a social cultural point of view in terms of what they're providing so um that's that's something that that's a very good observation i would say that some operations are more driven by one nuance than the other um but that's left to the customer at the end of the day yeah yeah Joining the conversation is uh, Mr. Chin, I believe, from Movie Town. Good afternoon, sir. Hello? I'm seeing... Um, all right. Hopefully, he will. they will join us maybe after the 5 p.m. newscast. Now, Chef, as a restaurant owner, as you all know, Chef is the owner of uh, that restaurant on Sackville Street, number 19, Sackville Street, Port of Spain, patience and rush when it comes to budgeting to, to national budget being read in the country um as as we discussed earlier it's all about trinkets and and, and treats you know the average man do understand the index and the and the expenditures and the incomes and and value and all these things so they're looking for a minimum wage increase they're looking to see flour going up if there's going to be a reduce in, in fuel prices mm -hmm, these are the you know they want to know that the standard of living will be easier so when the government starts talking about 56 billion dollar budget depending on how much oil how much um per barrel we the average man don't understand that science you know so i want to ask you sean i mean dealing with the purchases that you would have to make from time to time over the years has the budget affected you in a negative way or in a positive way were you forced to adjust prices are you anticipating that you're going to have to do the same coming up from after next week monday yeah i'm always adjusting prices um always adjusting prices based on oh. as, as i said early on potatoes a bag was x x dollars so i had to readjust and find ways and use um substitute i remember when pumpkin was expensive i think uh, that was after covid or somewhere mid covid and pumpkin was ex expensive or tomatoes mm. so we had to readjust accordingly um um and even when foreign goods come in foreign goods come in at a certain time once once a week so i have to adjust sometimes the boat stays out there so and we have to readjust accordingly and as they say the average man he just wants to know what hits his pocket that's so, right for me i run a restaurant so when a person comes in you know so somebody's struggling to even as a basic find a ten dollars to pay for something you know so i have to really figure out what is the best way and long terms keep this customer long terms i mean if potato is expensive now and 
it, a, it is $250 a bag. What do I do? Do I stop my product or do I continue it? I have to absorb that, 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 that price to ensure that I keep the customers and hopefully in a year, in a month time, it goes down. But how profitable it is for you to absorb it, the price? It, it, uh, we have Mr. Chin. Mr. Chin, are you able to hear us here? I want to welcome you and get your voice in quick before the 5 o'clock news. Hello? Yes, some problems. With All right. So, Mr. Chin, when you get a chance, I think you'll have to unmute. Um, and we'll we get you in before the 5 to get a, just a hi from you to know that you're there with us. All right. So, we are inside another edition of Tasty Tuesdays where Chef Sean Spencer joins me every Tuesday. And this afternoon, we're having a very serious conversation as it relates to the budget that is about to be read come Monday. And... That conversation is the effects that the budget will have on the food industry and as well, namely the supermarkets, all right? And of course, Master Entrepreneur Derek Chin is expected to join us in a minute. But um, before we get in uh, and continue our discussion, we take a quick commercial break, go for the news, and be back after the 5 o'clock newscast. Welcome back to Nerland Tobago, 7 or 8 minutes after the hour of our... Five o'clock here in Trinidad. Welcome to another edition of Tasty Tuesdays. Joining us is my good friend, Mr. Derek Chin. Good afternoon, sir. Hi, good afternoon. Hi. Afternoon. Good afternoon. We are hearing you loud and clear. Welcome to Freedom 106.5 FM and our discussion this afternoon as we deal with the budget effects on the food industry, restaurants, and of course, businesses alike. So, Mr. Chin, share with us your thoughts as it relates to the budget coming up on the next Monday. You know, your expectations and would there be adjusting of, do you anticipate an adjusting of prices uh, at your various businesses? Well, this budget, I think is going to be, if you want to call it a serious budget, one that will determine what this country will be in and shape in terms of the move into 2024. Very challenging. A lot of situations out there that in a way is beyond the control of the government in terms of the imported high prices that we have been experiencing since after COVID. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the suppliers, both local and overseas, have had to endure uh, increases in raw materials due to the breakdown in the supply chain, the cost of shipping. Uh, in our case, the restaurants, the cost of the materials like beef for uh, Texas to Brazil, where um, you'll be talking prices, the uh, highest 40% increases, which obviously, you know, we have to pass on to the, to the consumer. And, and as a result of that, the, the, the prices have gone a little bit beyond what most people can, at this point in time can afford. The country has been experiencing uh, a, a, a serious situation all across the board, not only necessarily in Trinidad, but uh, a situation where you can see the, the, the faces of people when they have to cringe at the prices. I remember me too going to eat out with a family and I would pay X now. When I do the same thing, I actually make a comment, wow. Prices have really gone up, you know, which never had to experience that before. But for the others, are people in the, in the in the lower to the middle, I mean, right now to the Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, everything has gone up. I don't know. They, they Obviously, they're clamoring for better wages. But every time you talk about minimum wages and stuff like that, it's just a, a cause for inflation. You might get a little more money in your pocket, but, if, but if that money is going to buy anything more. It's going to probably buy less. So it is going to be a very serious budget, how the minister is going to balance it. He has obviously a serious problem, as you know, with the, 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 the cost of living in, in the country and, and how, how can he control that? I don't think he has a lot of mechanisms. I think he may have to very well 
um, deal with that because the, I think the country, the people can't handle it anymore. You know, um, and the result of that is a depressed situation with demand. People are trying to, like myself, reduce prices to for one specials and stuff like that. But but at the end of the day, people's disposable income is so limited, and what they can spend on is very limited because of the high prices right through throughout everything. Not not only food, not only going to the restaurants and entertainment, but everything has gone up. And and, and the question is, how do we control it? How do we bring it into into perspective? That's so my... it's going to be a very challenging uh, budget. Um, the, the minister and the government has to be very careful because you, you only have to make your own decision and the country will, will, will I think, go into a revolt. You might get the, the revolt for the first time and he said that he increased <laughs> prices and gasoline and nobody went and riot. But maybe this is the time that, that this is going to happen if he doesn't manage it properly. Um, I... So I, I'm very concerned I, as, a, as a businessman with many businesses in all different aspects of the country from security, restaurants, entertainment, luxury, whatever, you know, it's 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 always a balance enough. And we even in our positions realize how difficult it is for the average man out there, you know, and what can we do? We are limited. Because we have to look at our situation too and see how best we can keep our, our head against our head above the water and survive this probably very, very difficult time. You know, so so it's it's a it's a lot to to deal with. Hello, good afternoon, caller. Good evening, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Good evening, Mr. Chin. Good evening, Mr. Dipti. And good evening to Chef Spencer. Hello. Gentlemen, there are a couple of thick questions I want to ask, but a statement I want to make first. You know, recently the Minister of Finance was heard to say that the robustness demonstrated by the non-oil export sector in relation to the, the money that they're making is not reflected by the return deposit in the bank. Now, Clearly what he's saying is that they're earning foreign exchange, but they're not bringing back all, or maybe they're not bringing back any. The question that I have to ask myself here right now, especially Mr. Chin, is Trinidad and Tobago not an enabling environment for these persons to be manufacturing and making this kind of money? I mean, the minister in 2021 paid $3 billion to subsidize the cost of fuel for us to move up and down. If any of their workers get into trouble, they can walk into hospital free of charge. They don't need a company Medicaid. I mean, there's so many things that the country provides in order for them to have an enabling environment to make the type of money they're making. Why aren't they patriotic enough to bring back the money? And when they don't bring back the money, the people who buy supplies from Mr. Dipti say that they have to buy, buy money on the black market. And they raise the price of goods, and the poor man sees it again in the supermarket. So it's a type of catch-22 situation. So why aren't they bringing back the money? And lastly, I want to ask Mr. Chin and Mr. Dipti, why is it that you two gentlemen in this country have never been advocating for the introduction of the Revenue Authority? Vassan Barat seems to me to be a fairly level-headed man. I'd probably eat my words one day when he becomes leader of the city. But he seems to be a fairly level-headed man. He has made it clear this country needs to have the Revenue Authority. The only person who doesn't believe it is the people who lead the UNC. And you are losing 40% of legitimately collectible revenue every year. And we don't have a revenue authority. I listen to your comments, Mr. Chen and Mr. Dipti. Mr. Chen, you want to take this one first? Yeah, well, I mean, he's t he, he talks about a lot of different statistics and so on and everything. We, we wonder and we're skeptical about what, when you make these statements and you talk about 3 billion and 2 billion and whatever. Yeah, we, we are yet to understand, to get onto the mechanics as to exactly what the accuracy and exactly what is happening. Because 
even though we're in the business world, you know, we're still struggling to get answers as to why this and this and why that and that. I mean, we understand about the situation, COVID had effect and the, and the increases in prices. We all felt that. But but we can't answer what the government is in control of. They're not, I mean, what you call transparent. So you never know, for example, what exactly is the problem. And you're not consulting with those in the private sector and those out there who with the experience to find out, you know, how best to solve the problem. I'll give you an idea on Canada, because I also, you know, lived in Canada. And Justin Trudeau came out and said, the banks are making billions, the supermarkets are making hundreds of thousands of dollars in profit. And he's told them, listen, I give you until November, which is the Thanksgiving. If you guys in this business don't do something to reduce the cost of living, reduce some of these prices, reduce these margins, then I am going to enact the legislation to bring put you in a position where you have to drop your prices and you have to be taxed into, into reality. Now, we don't have a government that is going to do that because the lobbyists of the banks and the supermarkets are very strong. But you look at it carefully. They're making, declaring millions and billions of dollars of profits. And, and the people out there are in poverty. Can't even get food for their team, can't pay for things. What is going on? There's, there's no balance. Well, Derek, that was that is what causes the rebellion, so to speak. Derek, that was my first argument when I started um, um, this this the show. Um, and I'm advocating for the small man because um, at the end of the day, um, the small man is actually looking to see what's in the budget for him. And what is actually... Um, because at the end of the day, he's going to the supermarket, have to spend over a thousand dollars and sometimes you walk out you're not seeing what it what you actually have so i'm kind of advocating for the small man all right and do you think that trinidad and tobago actually could find a way out of this dilemma that we're in because look at how much years and we're going every year we keep repeating the same um um, um we keep yeah. repeating ourselves and there's no connection or there's no I should say no bridge from the government to the private sector who is actually, the, uh, you rightfully said it, there's no actually bridge and they're not asking um, for a help. They, it it seems like they, they think they know it all and right. they sit behind and they laugh and, uh, you know, we got to take it. So do you think we could actually find a way out of this scenario and and it, uh, do we have to really ban with belly, ban with Joe and really just hope for the best and just... Deep into our savings. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I'm a person who always advocate change and thinking outside the box. Our budgets every year, the same thing over and over, deficit budgets. And the fact is, there's nothing there to come down. And, and you, know, you might say, you know, give a, a few million to the, the poor people and the ones who are catching the rub, but nothing enough to cement concrete wise to really change how we are running a country. This is one of the major problems I have because every year, how many times do you see things in budgets don't do even come to fruition, right? Um, and, and, and years go by and, and it's forgotten. So we're not addressing the issues right now. The country has a serious problem. I think they probably can go back to the Heritage and Stabilization Fund to get maybe a few billion dollars there to try and maybe that's the only avenue. There's no foreign investment. The, the, the ease of doing business is a problem. You know, there, there's so much paperwork. There's so much bureaucracy. Um, you know, there's not enough thought in how do we can actually get capture revenue that's sitting down there that can make make it a easier for us to, to, to get a balanced budget and and every year is the same thing you know i say tell me about actually listen to the budget i i i don't even listen to it sometimes just don't say well i'll get something from price for those as the the, the the highlight but other than that you know there's nothing cementing or concrete big enough to really make change and and you're seeing it the growing unhappiness the growing lack of hope they feel they are so fed up 
and 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 as a result of that, you know, we we have to as businessmen with assets in the country have to be just praying and hoping that things stay together. You know, we are there to help. We see things that could be done. For example, you have all these state lands doing nothing idle, wasted, wasted very year true. after year. Very true. You know, very why true. would they? Hello. No, very true. Very true. With the state lands why do wasting. Why those state lands into productive? Uh, 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 agricultural building projects. And but but, but are, we, are we a nation of, of talkers? Because we've been talking for so long. When you look at developed nations like Dubai and even some old rich countries just start, they found oil after us and they're so way ahead of us. So we are we are we a countries of talkers or we sit down and we talk and as soon as carnival come around, we forgot, we forgot. And I will say this last thing. When you, when you travel abroad, because we all have travel and we live and stuff, and when you talk about your country, do you feel proud now to say I'm from an oil-rich nation? No, I, I say I'm from the Caribbean. I, I feel some shame because of all the crime to go. You know, I just came back from Toronto, and yeah, you know, you're, you're embarrassed. Do you know that you know the, the murder rate in Toronto at a population of 3.5 million is today? You, well, I, people can't believe 18 murders hmm. up to the, as of. September 18, huh. 1 8, huh. compared to f- over 400 or whatever in Trinidad. Doesn't that make you wonder what's going on? And there's a land, a city of immigrants, not to say that it's only because of a certain level of, of culture that lives there. Uh, so it shows you the policing is so good that they don't let anybody get away. Wow. So people are afraid to do anything naughty, you know? But it's, you're right. When you travel and you see, what are we doing? Oh, look, it's the same revolving door over. Over. And over. No, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Nothing to change this country. Nothing to change. Productively and, and everything else. Mr. Dipti, you want to weigh in on this conversation here at this time? Certainly. And I go back to that caller that really clamored for the call for the Revenue Authority. And, you know, I, I would say Mr. Barrett has had that experience of being in government. He knows what's working and what's not. And certainly, I think that there's a lot of systems and structures that are steeped in corruption. It's a big problem in this country, and I I firmly agree with Mr. Chin and yourselves when we consider what crime has done to the impact of continuing to do business with some ease in this country, when we consider that the impact of corruption continues, where in particular we have entities such as Customs, the Port Authority, I get a lot of complaints. I can't. I mean, we could sit down here and talk whole day about what's going on there. But why is this continuing to persist? It persisted throughout COVID. It's persisting now. It's costing more to the final consumer. We have a lot of issues that continue to plague us, and I, I'm really not sure that we're going to get the answers we want in this budget because the average man is looking for some relief, and I'm not sure that that's going to be forthcoming. And that's the whole thing. eh? I mean, Mr. Chin mentioned something and I am very happy that he was able to say what he just said, that as an astute master entrepreneur, you know, to pay attention to the noise in the budget, you know, he don't. And I have been I am one that says this time and time again on my show here on Freedom 106.5, where the budget does not speak to the man on the street all the time. The budget is not a language that the man in a taxi in the middle seat could understand. Sometimes we lost. I remember my days when I was lost. I mean, I'm, I'm more learned now. I can understand things a little better now. But the thing about it is, we, our politicians, I don't know if they're trying to keep us in the dark, if they want to keep a veil over our eyes so that we vote blindly or we, we just operating like dummies and show what's going on. As we get a little raise in the, in the minimum wage, we feel, okay, Jesus came. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I, I can relate to Mr. Chin's position that the budget's 
is not the Christ. It's not going to... I cannot foresee yeah. anything that is going to be nutritious for us. And I'm using the word nutritious because of the food segment we are in, meaning that we can see some... When we wake up on Tuesday morning, yeah, we but, can get but, a better but, but, in but, but our this, lives this, a little bit. This makes you feel a little more gloomy thinking that, that we don't... We're like we're going down a, a road that there is no kind of really hope or, no or light at the end of it and that's 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 bad i toss this to mr chin and, and mr dipti in terms of because they, they they deal a lot with foreign mm -hmm. um and uh important stuff and goods for their restaurants and the supermarkets is it that i mean in some supermarkets you would see various types of uh of sausages for example is it that we can import less brands so if we bring in 10 different brands can we bring in less in order to save forex in this country so other persons can get well, a very good point, because you look at the stuff in the supermarket and you wonder why you're bringing in these things, you know, because uh, I'm not saying we don't want to have the luxury, but we are suffering seriously for foreign exchange. Yeah. You know, we don't talk about price smart and, and all the things they're bringing in that one has to wonder, you know, um, the, the credibility of the politicians very much. They say, no, there's no shortage in foreign exchange. And I can tell you, I have no, nothing to hide. I've been lying in the, in the queue for six months and I can't pay for things that I need, you know, and it makes me, I feel embarrassed. But they're saying you get foreign exchange. I, I, if I'm looking for 200, I get in 10,000. What could that do? So my position is that, that, that yeah, we, this budget is not going to address the problems. They might throw a few little things to say, keep the population happy. But the population, a lot of them don't understand it. They feel like they get a little bit of a, a $3 and a minimum wage, but they don't realize yeah, they, that they might get a, a $20 more, but at the end of the day, that $20 is worth $10 or less. Exactly. Because the cost of everything is going to go up. So they feel good because they don't understand anymore. Uh, you know, and, and they feel like they get something. But at the end of the day, the, the politics and the economics uh, are going to come to fruition and, and, and they're going to be back to square one again and looking for more increases and so on and so forth. So something, as I said, intrinsic in how... This budget is going to be designed. I don't. I agree with you. I don't see what the government has in terms of the tools. We've seen it happen year after year. And, you know, they will they do a tax here and increase there and and, and and hope that that will solve the problem. But we need to really be, get the right people involved in terms of the economic econ, economy, economists, and 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 really be yeah. serious about how do we make changes. As I mentioned, yeah, some things on the supermarket shelves don't have to be bought. We don't need it. You know, and we need to be more rational. Yes, the, the, the there is a lot of stuff there that you can try by local. We even the local prices and the local farmers, the prices are not cheap anymore. You know, and mm -hmm. and, and and we we don't see an end to it. So, I'm sorry that I have to increase the prices in my in my restaurants because people are don't have the disposable income as before, and therefore you see a big drop off and in demand. And, and and how do we pay our rents and pay our wages and so on and so forth? We have to do so much hard work, so much harder. CPL, you were happy that you had a CPL and, and was shown on TV and we got people to come out on Monday and Sunday, you know? True, true. So um, it's, it, it's really hand to mouth, so to speak, right now. And as you mentioned, CPL, you know, we, we, we can't touch a little bit on tourism because, um, guys, we are not doing anything to really generate... Um, to you know, invite tourism to our country. Within the past couple of years, few years well, I, I personally have not seen any, any, any increased standard of our tourism in this country. We talk about it. We have the pitch deck, we have the this, we have the that. But we do nothing. I made a couple calls recently, uh, as early as last week, and I was checking with various hotels across Trinidad and Tobago, and I couldn't come across one hotel, for example, that was offering a 200-a-night stay U.S. dollar stay where I can get a full comprehensive 
or what we call an all-inclusive vibe. Meaning, when you travel to these foreign uh, CARICOM uh, nations, Jamaica, Barbados, St. Mm -hmm. Lucia, Grenada, you will pay 179 235 US dollars, depending on the different brand of hotel you go to Hilton uh, Holiday Inn and various hotels, and they offer you these all-inclusive packages. In Trinidad, you're getting a breakfast, but that's it. So we're not generating that forex to come into the country by means of persons. Now, when we get a CPL and we get these other things. Before I forget, Go ahead. what you talk about tourism in this country, they have no idea what tourism is. You know, I started with the streets of the world way back then, created a, a, a destination, I had caught up the Caribbean, which man in the street still reminds me, Mr. Chen, what happened to that project? Yeah. Give me an example. I went to the minister here, talked to him, listen, movie down is was willing to invest and give you the shuttle train ride that you pick your, your all these big cruises coming in. How much money are you making from the cruises? Very little. We, I would set up a train, a shuttle car, pick up all the, a, a hundred fifty ahead, take them for a tour around Port of Spain with a with a, a long and everything else, right? This is a choo-choo train or a, a nice a nice um something like when you see Disney, you know, a Katanka. Yes. And bring them to, to Port of Spain and at the end go to the Savannah, show them all the nice spots. Bring them to just uh, movie down at three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh -huh. Give them a total culture with handicraft and everything right here in our Fiesta Plaza, right? Have them two hours have you know rum punch and limbo and the whole works, and send them back to the um, to the cruise ship. You know, you know that was since Jenny Commission before she left. I, I presented them. I tell them, can I get the, a help to bring in these vehicles? No, I can't get duty free. I'd say, well, then, I mean, you're not really helping people to, to develop the tourism industry. So it's still there. If anybody wants to do it, fine. But it's a money making venture right there. And that will generate Forex. Because, of course. I mean, when you go to countries like Jamaica and certain Caribbean islands where US dollars is their second uh, um, currency, we have one currency. We, we say USD is our second currency, but USD scares like gold in this country. Imagine you are traveling and you are you going on vacation as the average man. We're not talking about Mr. Dipti here, who is the president of the Supermarket that's what, Association. That's that what we, I was saying. We can't get it. We're not, we're not, I don't understand what these guys sit down and they talk about because the, there is no projection of a way out. We've been saying this for years. Since I was, I went, I went hotel school, culinary school since in 99. Mm -hmm. And this has been a discussion even from the, the from the tourist board from since back then, you know. So we we just I I don't understand what the the powers that be, and the minister of of, of tourism and the prime minister. And the, the, I mean I don't want to bash, but at the same time I have to bash because I'm living here, and for me, I was talking to a friend the other day, and he has um same thing of he drives Maxi Taxi Association. I mm -hmm. said, listen, when the um cruise ships comes in, what is really happening? What's really mm -hmm. happening? You say, boy, Sean, boy, boy, pressure, boy. And, you know, from the, the man on the street, when you really talk to them, they're trying. They're really, really trying, but there's no vision. Let me use that word, right? There's no right. vision. And without a vision, the people perish, and we're looking for a hope. You know, I remember when Manning and did a 2020 vision. And when you look around, we, have, we so lost our vision that the places actually started to look run down. It is actually yeah. starting to look terrible. I remember that for about for about ten years. And when I did come to Trinidad, they were before I left, they was fixing Baranara Pomenade. And I was proud to, and you know, I, I didn't want to leave. And when I came back, I saw so much homeless people and people actually defecating on the street. I was so embarrassed. And the first I I'm, I'm serious. And that's in the heart of Port of Spain, as Derek as Derek mentioned, coming off the cruise ships. 
you know, yeah. coming off we the cruise ship. How much money do you they talk the most about a thousand ships, five hundred ships coming? I said I asked them, so well, how much money are you making? All these tourists some who some of them don't even want to come off, but what are you doing to attract revenue? Yeah. Right? Nothing. Nothing at all. We have a call coming in, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Yeah, pleasant afternoon, Davy and Pierre Guest. Yeah, Davy, well, what happened? We need this reform. We need reform. The whole thing in Trinidad structure needs reform, and it needs structure in Uber. We don't have nothing to attract tourists. You see, like a nice mini carnival, Dong Shagarama. Mm. And you have all the, the, the wire bending and the, the costumes and all this and kite and soak and, you know, things start mm. track. Mm -hmm. So when the tourists come in, you shuttle them down there. They spend a day, they enjoy themselves, they drink the local beer, the local rum, the coconut and eat the local food. And, you know, this is what they want. This is what we have to produce. But... We don't have a direction and we don't have a future. It's, a, it's you know, okay. like empty purposes and a failed government. Thank you. All right. Yeah, all right then, Dan. You know, one of them have duty uh, free streets, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and St. Martin, and you go to Barbados, wrong? What happened all the way? And it's not that you can't learn it. It's there to be seen, but nobody's made an effort to do anything. And that's why I said, what do you said, feel proud to be a Trinidadian? That is why I asked that question, because we support... Uh, there are countries who found wealth after us. And doing much better. Yeah, my thing is about... Not to cut you across, Sean, but I am, I am very concerned about how this budget will affect our supermarkets going forward. Because we have the conglomerates out there that can... That, they don't really need to. They don't care what they buy or you don't buy. They they make it. They will do yeah, the business. And then you have the the, the smaller supermarkets, as Mister Dipti mentioned, where they they can't even afford to put an armed security there. But they are part of the supermarket chain. Uh, uh, um, you know, group of companies. Yeah, and I say companies, not meaning they belong to one group, but they are part of the supermarket yes. association. Yes. You know, how are they going to be impacted by this budget or the or the or the rise in taxation when it comes to imported goods? That as one as one person said earlier, ninety percent of our goods, our consumption goods, is like is imported stuff. I am really at the junction here, guys, gentlemen. When as it relates to the amount of imported products under one umbrella, so if it's juices. How many different types of ask, orange ask, juice we're going to bring Mr. in this Dipti, country? Let me ask Mr. Dipchi that because can we, I mean, is it that the local, we, I, know, I know we look at foreign and the advertisement so much and we, we always want to be like the U.S., right, basically. And we're far from. <laughs> and I think that the government has killed the local market as the farmer's market as well, all right, so kind of pushing us to that direction of more of the foreign products, all right? Do you think, Mr. Dipshe, that we could actually switch back to local, probably in the, if the government really say, look, listen, we have a vision in the next 20 years, this is what we're going to do, and really push? I like the 20 years. Yeah, because we can't do it now. But I <laughs> feel we need to do it sooner. But we can't do that sooner. We can't even sit down to have a conversation. It's like the ozone layer being damaged. I was at the symposium for the um, hydrogen symposium out there in UE uh, last week, was it? I think it was. And I'm saying to you, where that hydrogen uh, analogy was being projected for 50 years to come, 
we are seeing the urgency of it now because of fossil fuels and the damaging effects it has on life on a whole, I'm not to mention the ozone layer. So we are talking about prices here and the importation and doing something to get back to the far local farmer's market and stuff like that. And you are throwing out a, a question of 20 years. It may be practical to get it there within, what, four terms in government, in, some, in one government or some government. But the thing about it is, if you gentlemen could agree with me, we have reached a stage where we need this now. How practical is that, Mr. Dipti, and of course, Derek? So, gentlemen, I, I think I mentioned it earlier in the conversation that I've personally felt that there was an obscene amount of variety in certain categories that just too much. I mean, when you walk into some of these supermarkets, all of that is literally your foreign exchange sitting on the shelves. Well said. And yeah. it's something that I personally felt very strongly about. I think I mentioned some of the categories earlier, the cereals, the jams, the jellies. Um, certain categories that I felt we 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 could have, uh, you know, seen some some um, triage in, and it's something I've discussed with at the level of the government, various campaigns that we could try to empower local cottage producers, local manufacturers. However, they've had various challenges, be it foreign exchange, be it the um, their ability to compete at price points and the operations that they have and the way that the system has been set up with supermarkets. We've tried with supermarkets to, to get them to buy in. However, there's been issues with quality, reliability, um, the consistency of the supply, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and as you said, it's going to be a sustained campaign because it's something that we have to recognize that there's been a westernization of our culture. The consumption of what people want is what we have been putting out on the shelves what our importers continue to bring to us to put out on the shelves because it's a culture of fast-moving consumer goods. You just want to put it out there and move it. Uh, it's something where we've continued to just examine it, uh, particularly with respect to the various categories and made, made a lot of recommendations to the government on. Um, even with agriculture, that those are sectors where we feel there's so much potential, so much vibrancy, so much that can happen. I think... Um, it was Derek that made the, the, the thing about state lands and they're just idling. You know, people tell me that when there's the issue of uh, how much can we get done in terms of agriculture and agro-processing in Trinidad, all you have to do is take a small plane right across the island and see how much land is available to do so much more. So some of these projects are really viable and I think that um, some of that needs to be seriously acknowledged by the technocrats in the relevant ministries, gentlemen. Yeah, well said. Well, well said. And 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 to, to to elaborate on what you said a little more is you recognize that what I was saying earlier, there's no vision again, and I, I'm not going back to that because it, it it's, to me it seemed like they have killed the local market, totally killed the local market, and um, okay. and and force you now to to to, to rely on the, the foreign. And now they're killing the foreign exchange. So it seems like it's stifling us. You, well, know? you know, even going back to COVID, when the foreign exchange was tight, there was the essentials items list that they came up with at the advent of COVID. And, you know, you, you kind of had the sense that this feeling that that some of it could have been replaced or some of it could have, a campaign could have been born then to try to lean the population back towards certain um certain consumption patterns because there was a real fear in COVID with um, uh, with the vaccine and then other, uh, you know, things like obesity and, and, and what you're consuming in terms of your nutrition content. So 
I, I think there was an opportunity there. I think there's still an opportunity to get campaigns back, but it's going to take a, a public-private partnership. That's just my opinion, Jen. I remember when we started the show, me and Davey used to talk um, a couple, uh, probably about a year ago, and we were talking about, I, I don't know if you remember, Davey, when I was saying when we were younger, and you're watching manufacture of most products, you could see manufactured in Trinidad and Tobago. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we was and growing up, and you could actually see that. And from all these big companies, I can't remember most of these companies. They have actually killed killed off most of these companies, and there are very few products that are actually manufacturing in Trinidad. I, I guess. Well, I'm happy that you mentioned that because recently, gentlemen, in case you all forgot or not aware of it, uh, Mr. Dipti would know about this. We was they had a food and beverage expo. And I thought that was a great way to reintroduce mm-hmm. local produce that I think is very much capable of competing with the foreign goods. Now that was one of the that that was one of the ideas for the birth of that that event because there was this initiative by CARICOM that I, I still think it's very ambitious and, and unrealistic. Um the reduction in the import bill twenty five percent by twenty twenty five. And I kept asking uh, myself and the ministers, how do we get this practically done? Because you're talking about, I think it's the, at the level of um, six billion TT in Trinidad and Tobago, and you're talking about slashing a quarter of that. And how how are we practically, pragmatically leading the way towards that? But if you didn't hold that forum, uh, um, uh, the private sector hold that forum, the government really, the, the, as I said, they don't really um, take part. Or they, they, let me ask you, were they really involved in in, in that um, food and beverage show? Uh, they said they would have liked to have been, but for, for various reasons, one of them, I think, was the procurement act. It, it kind of you, you, didn't give up any time. So, 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 so they say. But we, it was very much a private sector. You see, you see what I'm saying? So there's a disconnect, a, a total disconnect from government and private sector. There's a total disconnect. So that's what I'm saying. That I feel that they're actually killing out the industry and making the 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 locals um, have to. It's about work twice as hard or three times as hard if it might you might have to do two generations or three generations to see a product actually materialize well the thing about it is mr derek i wanted to ask this question to derek do you i mean i know you would have had the ears of i would imagine that when these people and you mr dipti when the budget is coming around they would have discussions with individuals such as your good selves i would imagine are there talks are there concerns by our, our finance minister about the food and beverage department? Are there concerns of the lack of forex in this country when you have to import stuff for your fine restaurants that they no doubt would have at some point in their life partook of? Well, I got cut off a little bit, but I'm back on. Um, you're right. There is a disconnect. There is you versus us um, mm. a kind of a behavior. The, the chamber to me is innocuous. It should be a lot more effective in getting harnessing all the members and all those but in prominent positions to, to, to stand up and say something because it is, at the end of the day, it's us that's going to perish as a group if we don't come together and, and form one unified body, how to, how to turn this thing around. But they never to, I have never been invited to, by, by the, by in recent times to any of these get-togethers. I don't know if there's any. I've been, I've been a member for 10 years. Um, I'm a whole of, I'm a, a, what do you call it, one of those, um, I got an award a couple of years ago. But I don't, I don't get seem to be invited. Um, but yes, I mean, it is government's position from day one. I think in the days of Gabriel Faria, when he said something wrong and the prime minister got vexed and, 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 and put them out in the cold. So it's, it's really the private sector versus the government. The government doesn't see the role of the private sector. 
uh, in, with all the talent they have to help them to turn things around and come up with new ideas. And as I said, we complain about the ease of doing business. You know, nothing has changed. We still have a lot of forms to fill out, a lot of bureaucratic crap to go through. You know, the public servants and them don't understand the need for better productivity. And, and everything is waste, you know. And many times you hear people say, well, what really works in Trinidad? You know, people even with COVID had to go back and forth, elderly people to, 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 to get a form because they weren't prepared or not ready. I mean, it's, it's, it's the whole thing of somebody mentioned about reform. There's major reform that needs to take place or else we're going to just keep sinking to the bottom of the, of the ocean, you know. And, and, I'm, and I, I really believe that, unfortunately, we're not, we're not unified at all. And that is very sad, you know, when we have a nation at, uh, with this kind of divide. I mean, we have gone, we are not discussing anything on a racial level of political races here, but we are just dealing with human survival. And that's where we are in this country, in Trinidad and Tobago. It's about human survival, where uh, being able to afford food at the supermarkets, being able to at least sit down in a nice restaurant, even if it's one uh, per quarter, mm-hmm. once per quarter, because, yes, we eat food at home, we're cooking, but sometimes you're working hard. One meal... To sit in a fancy restaurant, Rizzoni's or one of these nice restaurants, Patience and Rush, just to sit down, have a chef cook you something nice. It is beyond their reach. It is something seen in the movies for many, many persons. There are persons existing in this country under working for yeah. approximately $15 an hour. I know of one young lady. She can't even talk about it because she can be dismissed. But working for not the government saying what six seventeen fifty, and these people are working fifty five fifteen fifty and sixteen dollars an hour, so these companies are taking advantage of, of of the good labor of these citizens who can't even afford to get to the supermarket. Mr. Chen, Mr. Dipti, you Sean, can you imagine surviving on thirty five hundred dollars a month? I'm not talking as a senior citizen here. <laughs> I am not talking. I'm talking. Where you have flow to pay, you have your, your, your phone to maintain, you have traveling expenses, you may have a child or two to send to school, take personal care, food for your home. And you have to survive on four grand, a pushing it, $4,000. Mr. Chin, could you imagine surviving on that, Dipti? No, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the problem, we all there, although we might be in a better position because of our, where we are and so on, the problem is we are sensitive to our employees, we are yes. sensitive to the man out there, they call you, and, they, and, and again, you know, at the end of the day, they work hard, and, and what can we do? Because, you know, we can't move as individuals, you have to move as a group. And, I mean, I don't know what in this budget, if they have the balls enough to say, drop the, the back to 7%, you know, give us, a, let's drop it for two years and see, give us, get a little bit of a reprieve there, you know. I know they talked about. I think the opposition was talking about dropping all that off food, but most of it is off anyway. But you know, there's something material that has to be done. The people need to have some hope. They realize, okay, they are addressing our issues. We may not get all now, but at least we see something happening. But I don't think that this it is in the makeup of the of this particular administration to really come up with the, the, the recipe because it's not going to happen overnight. It's something that we have to work together come together as a private sector, work with the government, and say, listen, we are all in this together. You remember they used to say that when we had COVID, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but where, where has all that gone? Look at the, look at this, look at this suffering of those people around this, around the Royal Bank and the nastiness oh, is going on. You know, you're talking about building a five-story building to house them. I, I see a five-story building. Why are you going to put these people in a five-story building for? You know, I mean, the half of them can't walk up one one step, one layer of stairs, one flight of stairs. Exactly. I don't know who planned that. 
Hmm? Let me let me Hello? let me let me turn my attention. Hold on, uh, one minute, Mr. Chen. Uh, Mr. Rajiv Dipti. Mr. Chen mentioned about the VAT removal of food items, and I mean many of it has been done. We have had persons on the ground talk, talking about even though VAT was removed, the supermarket prices seems to remain the same. Now we would expect well, that the 12.5% VAT move up, if the cheese was ten dollars, it, it should go down. But for some reason the VAT price or price remains the same. Can you speak on this? So I think you had a situation in 2021, if I'm not mistaken, that or 2020, uh, where the VAT was removed off a certain schedule of items. Uh-huh. Uh, you, at that time, the supply chain was experiencing certain exigencies. We would have seen um, food price inflation in particular skyrocketing across 22 and 20 and, and into... Well, it's it's slowed down. It's a, it's not a, it's not exactly stable, but it's it's getting there. Um, depending when you look at the commodities markets and different um, different areas, so the erosion of savings that would have been passed along by the removal of VAT would have been um, eaten up by inflation at the time. Mm-hmm. So you, they, I, I I do agree at an extent with Mr. Chin that we could kind of look at the examination of where the VAT still is and what that removal will do over an experimental period of time, but it's something that uh, we, we've we discussed at the level of the association internally. We've even carried it across to some of the other chambers. And I want to lean into one of the points where he made this, the, the assertion that the chambers need to be the lightning rod of communication between the private sector and the public sector, because that dialogue, in my opinion, has been a little bit muted for too long. And, there, and and I suppose there's a number of various reasons for that, but that's something that needs to be strong. It needs to be vibrant in terms of the representation that's being offered, in terms of the communication that is going to the people that are making the decisions, to the technocrats in the Ministry of Finance that is writing the budget, because we're, what we want to see in the budget must be communicated to them at all times. Gentlemen, I want to say much... If I may, tell me something. What, what you thought about... The Canadian move now where Mr. Trudeau said that there are too much profits being made by the supermarkets and to some extent the banks, big, big power groups there. But but he's going to legislate change where some adjustment must be made by Thanksgiving to show that there's a concerted effort to try and reduce some of those prices and maybe cut a margin a little bit. Would you be, would you be party to that or you'd have a problem with that? You know, with respect to the banks, I've had some conversations lately that... Um, were not altogether too pleasant in the reflections during COVID and the profits posted by some of these entities that have ranked as some of the most obscene across the period of time that was COVID-19. I think that when you look at some of the conglomerates, I think people will have a similar sentiment. I think that there certainly needs to be some middle ground. And I think that there needs to be some examination of that. when we speak about the supermarkets in particular, we talk about very large companies and we talk about yeah. small indigent grocers, and I don't think they fall into the same bracket. So I, I would hold my breath a little bit with some of that, but I would certainly um, appreciate some sort of, um, if there needs to be a discussion, I would be willing to have it, Derek. Okay. Good. All right. Gentlemen, I want to say thanks. We are out of time. We just have about 10 minutes to go before the news. I have some bills to pay. So thank you, Mr. Chin <laughs> and, of course, Mr. Dipti for joining us here on another fantabulous episode of Tasty Tuesdays right here on Freedom 106.5 FM. 
Uh, I know no doubt you guys will be paying attention. Mr. Chin, I know they're going to send any highlights of the budget on Monday. <laughs> I, yes. and you, I, I and you in the same boat. I and, I in the media, but I wait for the highlights. I not time yes. to listen to three hours of jargon. I go wait for the highlights and discuss it. Yes. So, Mr. Dipti, Mr. Chin, do enjoy yeah. the rest of your afternoon yeah, guys, and have yourself you. a great one. Bye-bye. Thank you. And, I mean, Sean, we had a great conversation yeah, there. Was, you know, yeah. we talk about yeah. the technocrats. You know, and of course, these political luminaries, they really need to understand that Trinidad and Tobago, the voting populace, really depend on them. While employing them into government, they really need... Now, I, I, do, I am for one to believe the Treasury empty. Because how much billions you borrow for the eight years you're in power so far, or the seven years or whatever it is, and every year, I ain't here budget is five million a hundred million and I am hearing billions of dollars in budgets every year so how much borrow are we worrying we, are we yeah. paying back or are we just refinancing loans yeah. throughout yeah, yeah you know these are discussions and and questions you know that they're not going to answer for us and it's it, as I said it seems to be a, a serious disconnect it is, um, it is, um, it is and it there's is. no bridge and there's I, I try to wonder who are they actually talking to or where they're getting their information from because it's, it's not like they're getting the information from the man on the ground. You Boy, know? them, them. No, I am sad to hear that Mr. Chin was not invited yeah, in. Yeah, I'm surprised because they would speak with various stakeholders when leading up to budget. Good afternoon. Uh, good day, good day. Good day. Yeah, they, they, no money. The money empty. Because they have no money. Eh? And they have money to build the value house and pannier and all kind of things for millions. They get no money. All right, thanks. I remember, yeah, I remember one year they they yeah. say we had no money, but some seven million um, was sent to some celebration. But I'm trying to remember off the top of my dome right now, and I can't remember it. Remember, somebody's now saying Davy and uh, Sean. Of course, remember them people tell we don't eat no macaroni pie, cook on a coal pot, and ride bikes. <laughs> I remember that and carpool and carpool, carpool yeah. while them no vision while no them vision, driving yeah. in, and, no and sitting vision, down in Hyatt yeah. and having yeah. the men no the breakfast yeah. you telling the populace yeah. and talk about it was a hype it was a um uh an illustration hypothetically speaking to show that we need to tighten the belt you telling the population go back to the corporate and who you are your coal pot home and, yeah. listen now man in a in a in a technical age uh, era that we exist in, we're advancing technologies. We send people to the moon. But that's what I'm saying. You tell him about coal pot. And you see other countries developing, and you, you we just sit and say, Trent, that's nice yet, big boy, because we could go to the beach ever so often. That's the best we could do. Hit a maracas, eat a bacon. That's sure. the best we could do. That's the best vision we see for ourselves. That is the only vision we have for ourselves. Real talk. Real talk. Mr. Chen makes some very valid points. I'm going to bring it up tomorrow. You know, tomorrow I'm expected to speak with um Mariano Brown and. Uh, my good, my good, good, good friend. Um, she used to be my crush on thing long time. Oh, Lord. Who's Karen, you know? Oh. I used to crush on Karen a little bit. <laughs> you yeah. on your own with that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll be chatting with them tomorrow. And I will do my best to bring all those points, you know, and get the, the, the inputs of these learned individuals, uh, political ent- luminaries in their own rights as well. You know, we're going to chat with them tomorrow. This has been another edition of Tasty Tuesdays, an extended version. No doubt it was not the bread and condensed milk traditional talk. <laughs> the pilau. 
Yeah, it was a little different. It was a little different and very much uh, uh, welcomed by most of our Texas. They enjoyed our program this afternoon. No money for the people or development, um, but real money when dealing with parliamentary salaries and benefits. Well, that's a given any day. Somebody once told me that if I was the Prime Minister, I mean, cutting my salary, you know how much energy it takes for me to run this country? You had to pay me well. So, guys, don't forget Patience and Rush, number 19, Sackville Street, Port of Spain. And, you know, we will be happy to deal with that. And go down and have yourself a nice salad like I did this morning. I don't know if you cook anything else, but I get a salad. Big up Sean on the salad. <laughs> I get a salad with some nice chicken. You were smart. You know what I call him? I wanted chicken. <laughs> All right. So, any final closing remarks? No, nah, no. Nah, I mean, let's look. Let's hope. I mean... I try my best here to hope that we could we could come out this thing I can't with a little vision. Well, in the boy, next 20 years, you know, unless you optimistic, believe, optimistic. <laughs> so that means you believe that Isoka Warriors will go to another World Cup. <laughs> you believe West Indies will. I want to bring no more prices. <laughs> you believe <laughs> West Indies will one day win a, a series of test matches. <laughs> love at first sight is often cured by a second look, but today you got to look three and four times if you had a love show. <laughs> With the optimism that you have with the budget coming up. It's been, a ni- it's been nice hanging out with you guys. Until the next one, when you miss us, we're we gone. Go on. <laughs>